Hello, and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Our messages are designed to help teach and equip you on your journey to lead people to follow Christ. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage you, no matter where you are on your journey towards Christ. If you have questions, want to talk, or want to learn more about Summit, visit us at summitniles.com. Thanks for listening. Good morning. If you take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to the New Testament the book of Hebrews. You can figure out who wrote that. You send me a note this week. If you're absolutely 100% sure who wrote the book of Hebrews, uh, you send that to me. There's some speculation about that. But that is the reason we have uh, men as the coffee baristas, although today we didn't. It was women. Hebrews, right? So, um, well... In the few minutes I have today, we're going to be looking at a couple more Summit Church values, growth, and groups. Don't intend to be long this morning, and I know you're going to say, yeah, we've heard that before. But my intention is to address uh, these couple of values, uh, because at the end of the service, I want to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to take your next step, encouraging you to engage with people in the gathering area concerning growth in groups. Now, what is interesting to me, um, in the past couple of weeks, Pastor Chuck has been preaching, and one of our values was the gospel, and there was a strong message on the gospel, so I just loved it. I, I, was, I sat here and, and was listening and have had a chance to go back and hit a few uh, excerpts of that message. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to, to go back and and to let that message just continue to inform your heart and your mind and change your life, the gospel. And he took a week on the gospel, and then the next week he took a week on grace. And um, uh, just, I mean, we need those, those values. And then um, I, I came back, and they said, hey, um, Dan, these next two weeks you're preaching, and uh, the lead team just kind of got, got in, you know, and, and the next thing I know, they said, listen, you're preaching on growth, and uh, you're, you're preaching on groups, and you're going to do both, both of those in one week. Now, Chuck got a week per, and I have to, I got two, two, two values, and I've got one week to do it, but um, let, let's get busy. Well, first, before, before I jump into that, um, and we open the Word, thank you for taking the time to, to put on paper, to write a card, uh, and just the last couple of weeks, as I've, I haven't gotten through all of those cards yet, I'm just kind of weighing uh, each word, um, reading each one carefully. I've, I've not gotten through all of them, but I'm, I'm so grateful for uh, the ways that you've communicated um, your heart. And those are, those are more than cards because they're people's lives. Those are interactions that we've had. And so as I think back on those, um, it's, it's been rewarding. I'm grateful for that. And then second, uh, let me say this. I'm, last, yesterday, we had another work day. We were working out in the barn, getting some things done. What a great team. Uh, we got a lot of things accomplished. Thank you for being willing to serve. And what, what is interesting is you see people serving uh, each week, and some are greeting, and some are teaching, and some are um, you know, leading with students, some are on, on the platform, you know, leading worship, doing some kind of public ministry, and then there's other people who say, well, that's, that's not what I do, but I have another gift, and to see those gifts and abilities and those people serving 
Um, I, I just <laughs> was so encouraged as I looked at that team of people that were serving here yesterday. Um, some great people, and um, so I'd go anywhere with them. And so grateful um, to be able to serve you. We're in a series entitled Distinctive People. People that have a, a specific distinction of, of who they are, Christian, but what, what are we identifying? We're saying, listen, as a Christian, here, here are some distinctives. We're looking at six biblical values that shape Christ-centered community. And so we value these things at, at Summit Church, and we've talked about this list before, the, the gospel. We value the gospel. We, we value grace, uh, God's saving grace, and we value the grace that, that we're able to extend to one another, the grace that we receive. You see, this isn't a church for perfect people. If you're a perfect person and you're coming to Summit Church, you're going to be out of place in a hurry because we don't have any perfect pastors. We don't have any perfect people. We need grace. We need grace. One of the things I was thinking about this morning when we were singing that, that, that song about how God has been so good to me, in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, God, I, I, there are some things that I know that you have spared me from. If it was up to me, I'd gone headlong into a disaster. That sin would, have, sin would have just enticed me and led me away, but thank God, by his grace, it's by his grace, he is so good to me. When, when I wanted to do wrong, there were times he wouldn't let me. That's God's grace to me. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the gospel. Gr grateful today we're going to talk about growth. We're going to talk about groups. I I'm grateful for the, the, the gifts that God has given to, to Christians, the spiritual gifts that God has given to Christians and the willingness for people to use them, and generosity. I'll tell you what, I don't want to be a part of church that's stingy. I mean, if, if um, a stingy attitude, a, a scarcity mindset, uh, that, that just kills the spirit of a church about fast as anything. So those are the things we're talking about in these days. There, there are values, and today we're going to talk about growth and grace, and in today's text, we find both of them. Hebrews chapter 10 it's in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Here's what it says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now here's this, that, so we, we think about growth. How are we going to spur one another on? How are we going to encourage the growth? How, how is the iron going to sharpen iron? Um, how are we going to continue on in the faith, grow in grace, in the knowledge of our Lord? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now watch this. Here's the, the, the group's part. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? What day is he talking about? Um, Sunday? Or is there another day? In, in, what, he's, what he's talking about there, when you see the day approaching, it's, it's the return of Christ. That, that Remember, in, in the story of the gospel... That God so loved the world, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth. Christ came, he lived, uh, he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He paid the price for our sin. He made atonement for our sin. He, by dying on the cross, he raised to life again. Uh, then he spent time with his disciples. And then he said, I'm going to go prepare a place. He said, I'm going to send the comforter. <laughs> I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. It's better that I go because Jesus is in one place at one time, the Spirit of God he said, I'm, I'm going to send the Spirit of God. He'll live within you. Uh, the symbolism of, of, of um, 
being called into the, the, the presence of God, the, the holiest of holies, where the priest would go once a year and offer a sin sacrifice. Christ offered that sacrifice. Scripture says that the veil was torn from the bottom to the top. You now, we now have access into the holiest of holies, the, the presence of God. In fact, he lives within us. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and then I'm going to come back. It's that coming back where he said, he said, even more, even more as, as you see the day approaching, that day of his return, the second coming of Christ. And so what we're talking about here today is growth, and we're talking about the groups that, that help us with that. Now, when it comes to growth, we're, you, you were born, you, you were knit together in your, your mother's womb, and you were growing and then you were born, and you continued to grow. I don't know if you have a, a, a doorpost maybe in your house or a wall, um, a special place never to be painted over where the record of children's growth is recorded. So a lot of times people would just say, they take a pencil and say, okay, this is Johnny at age three, and here's Johnny at age you know, 13, and here's, here's Johnny when, he's, when he graduates. You know, and you see the growth of of, of a child. Little pencil marks on the wall next to dates, and, and it's the growth pattern. And there's a sense of pride when you think about, well, mom, this is where I was, and now here's, here's where I'm at. It's, it's the, the ability to grow. Well, there is, there's an expectation of growth. When, when a person is, is continuing to mature uh, physically, their body grows, and there's, this, there's also an expectation of spiritual growth. One of the things we value is growth. We're not just talking about trying to get more butts in the seats. So there's one church that grows. It's not just about trying to, to increase the number of people, but we're talking about every person growing spiritually, maturing in their faith. In fact, one of the things that we talk about when it comes to spiritual growth, one of the things that excites us probably more than anything is not necessarily um, that someone is the most spiritually, you know, we don't, we don't rank people by this person is the most spiritually mature person or, man, you know, and, and you want to have people that are spiritually mature and, and older people teaching younger people. Biological age is not always connected with spiritual maturity, by the way. But you want mature people uh, um, leading others. Scripture talks about women, you know, bringing along women, men bringing on men, the church bringing along people. So you have that aspect but there's this, there's this maturity that, that happens, and it's not necessarily who's the most mature. What, what I love to celebrate is the person who has grown the most. And, and sometimes you celebrate someone and say, listen, someone who may be the most mature person, and you, I mean, I don't know how you rank that. I, that, that's, that doesn't even cross, you know, um, we, we don't think about that. But you think about the most important or the most um, mature person um, that what I would, you know, sometimes they haven't matured or they haven't grown as much in the last year as someone who maybe just came into the faith and they're maturing and growing. And what we celebrate is that growth in their life. One, one of the things that we value and have as an expectation is that you continue to grow. You continue to grow. Now, I remember as a kid, I am so old that I went to a one-room country schoolhouse. I mean, it was one-room, well, there was, there was, I guess there was another room because there was an attached men's restroom and a women's restroom. So, but there was one major classroom, grades one through six, and grade by grade, you'd go up and you'd sit at the table, and the teacher would teach you, and then you'd go sit down in the next grade. 
And I'll tell you what, when you're a second grader, the sixth graders are, I mean, they are, they could be mean, right? So I survived one room country schoolhouse. We had to get water out of a cistern. We clapped the erasers together to clean stuff. I mean, I'm that old, right? Why was I starting that? There was a reason I was talking about that. SRA. So when I was a kid, we did this thing called SRA. And so what would happen is you'd, 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 everyone start at the starting line. Second grade, everybody starts. And, and there's this girl, there's a girl in our class, and she was just a good reader. And so she was always a couple colors ahead of me. Made me mad. And she would get there and she'd read. So you'd have to read and you'd have to pass the test. You'd have to read it. And so sometimes you, you put in this little machine and it would just read stuff and you could read along. Sometimes you just read the card. And, and then you, you pass the test. The spiritual, you know, it was, it was mature, maturing in your reading and going on. And I think spiritually mature sometimes. There's some people who, who are still in the infant, infant colors of spiritual maturity and it's time to move on. One of the expectations that I have for myself and I have for you and any person who comes to Summit Church is that you continue to grow and mature spiritually. Am I farther down the road this year than I was last year? Am I growing in my faith? So we want to talk about some truth of spiritual growth. Do you understand the importance of growing spiritually? What effort do you put into spiritual growth? What spurs us on to growth? What stunts our growth? Now, in our text, it talks about both growth and groups. And if you notice in chapter 10, Hebrews 10, verse 24, the, sen- the, the, the sentence starts, or the, the verse starts with the word and. It's a conjunction that's connecting what has been previously said to what is about to follow. And so we need to look at what comes before the and. So basically, in, in Hebrews 10, we find several things that Jesus was doing. We've already talked about it a little bit. He was the perfect sacrifice. We know that from the gospel. He also extended perfect grace. That was access to God. The veil's been torn. He's our high priest. And then the writer in Hebrews says this. Now, in light of what Jesus has done, because of all these things, the things that, because of what he has done, there's some things that you and I are compelled to do. We're compelled to be a part of. In light of what Jesus did, in verse 22, do you see it? He said, in light, of, in light of what Jesus did, be drawn, you know, be drawn near to God. Let us be drawn near to God. Drawing near to God is growth in action. The, the potential, you know, we all have the potential for evil. Listen to this. We have the potential for evil because of the fall, but we have potential for growth because of redemption. If you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you have the potential for growth and maturing spiritually. And so he says, in light of what Jesus did, let's draw near to him in verse 22. But notice in verse 23, it says, in light of what Jesus did, let us hold fast to the truth. Let us hold fast to the truth. Spiritual growth comes when we hold fast to the truth. Some truth about spiritual growth. Number one, God's word provides truth and guidance. You and I, need to remain in God's Word. Spiritual growth hangs on our lives being submitted to Christ and committed to His Word. Submitted to Christ, committed to His Word. Listen to this in 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, Grace and peace be yours. And then he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Think about in context of, of growth, context of growth. 
we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. And for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, he says, love. If you possess these qualities, now listen to this, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, increasing measure, so are you growing spiritually? So is, is your faith continuing to grow? Is your goodness continuing to grow? Is, is your knowledge, self-control, perseverance, your godliness, are you continuing to grow in those things? If you do, he says, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we send you out and you become the church in the world, you're not ineffective. You're, you're not, you know God's word and you can apply truth. You're led by his spirit, and, and, he, and when he puts you in a certain place at a certain time, he, he gives you an, a, 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 an opportunity, and he says, listen, this is it. And, and then because you have the knowledge of who he is, his word, his truth in you, you have grown and matured. You now are effective. You are productive in the kingdom of God. And when you're productive and effective in the kingdom of God, you're laying up treasure so that where you're going to spend most of your life, you have, you have the goodness of God waiting for you. And the blessings. Um, for some of you who, who are um, keen with your ability to take uh, small things and grow them, I, I urge you, Scripture urges us to grow spiritually. It's an eternal, an eternal investment. And then he says this, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers, sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growth. Second Timothy, all Scripture is inspired, God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Growth. Growth. Psalm 119, 105, the word is a lamp for my, for my feet. It's a, it's a light on my path. About spiritual growth, God's word provides truth and guidance. Truth and guidance. Now, several years ago, a, a cable TV provider, cable network provider, compiled a list of, of 100 greatest catchphrases in, ta- in TV. So, Things like when Walter Cronkite would sign off, he would sign off with something like this. He'd say, and, and that's the way it is. Some of you are old enough to remember Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. And back then, you kind of believed that maybe that's the way it was. Today, I'm not so sure. That's how it is. So I wonder if, if you can identify some of them. They identified some. See if you can figure this out. Um, this catchphrase, ask not what your country can do for you. Who said that? You know? Or, I love this one, Book'em, Dano. Remember that one? Um, Steve Garrett, Hawaii Five-0. I love that one. I have a shirt that says Book'em, Dano from days, days in the past. Book'em, Dano. Um, here's one, come on down. All right, price is right. Yeah. Whoever still watches that, don't admit it. That's a waste of time. All right. All right, so 
But as I began to think about that, there are things that, in God's Word, uh, it, it, are there also things that you and I know, and because of we're, we're, we're maturing in, 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 in an understanding of God's Word, that we also can catch the catchphrases. So here's some, without looking them up. Um, can you finish this one? So, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. How about this one? Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. How about this one? For unto us a child is born. Deny yourself. Take up your... The Lord is my shepherd. I shall... Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. Many are called, but few... Blessed are the Notre Dame fans. Is that what you said? <laughs> Did I hear that? No. Blessed, blessed are what? Is there a difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? Can I tell you, if you're trying to be a peacekeeper, that is a futile effort. You can't keep the peace. We got peacemakers all over the, all over the world trying to keep peace. You can't keep peace, but you can be a peacemaker. You could be a peacemaker, big difference. Study that out sometime. We don't have time today. George Barna, he, he's the unofficial pollster of American Christians for the last 20 years or so. And this poll uh, recently, he indicated that there was 97, 96% of evangelical Christians, so 96% of evangelical Christians say that they read their Bible at least once a week. And... and it's a high percentage, but I'm just hoping it's not just on Sunday, because it's at least once a week. 96% at least once a week. However, that same poll showed that 12% of Christians think that Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. <laughs> Wrong. Um, and also, 80% of those people surveyed, 80% of those that, believe, that read their Bible, 96% that read their Bible at least once a week, 80% of those believe that the Bible says God helps them that helps themselves. The Bible doesn't say that. That was, uh, that was Ben Franklin that said that, right? So once again, polls and statistics, you, you, can, you can use, use them to prove a lot of things. But the apostles' teaching is essential for Christians. Truth about spiritual growth. God's Word provides truth and guidance. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Those are four habits of growing people, of growing Christians. Four habits of growing Christians, devoted to the apostles' teaching. We were talking about that, that, that God's word is, is, is what gives us guidance. Fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. It's the testimony of scripture. It's, it's the testimony of history. It's the testimony of our own experience, that those are some of the spiritual disciplines whereby Christians, young and old, new and seasoned, grow and become more effective. Colossians 1.6, in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him be glory both now and forever. So, indeed, what we're, we're talking about there when we're, we're talking about the truth of, of um, you know, growth is that God's Word is... is, is absolutely essential. Here's something else. The Holy Spirit um, provides power and peace. Power and peace. Philippians 2 verse 13, for it is God who works in you 
to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God's Holy Spirit within us gives us power to say no to sin. It gives us power to say yes to God. The Holy Spirit lives within us. He is with us always. It's always been a challenge to me. say, listen, the Holy Spirit is in me, so wherever I'm going, just know I'm taking the Holy Spirit with me. Whatever, Whatever I'm involved with, whatever my eyes are seeing, whatever my ears are hearing, whatever my body's doing, guess what? The Holy Spirit is there. And so there's this challenge. He, 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 gives, he gives us the strength that we need. Um, and, and this whole idea, he, how he enlightens our minds, he shows us how to apply God's word. So now we're reading God's word, and his spirit is taking that truth and applying it to our lives, and then also coordinating, organizing opportunities, events, situations in daily life to put into practice the things that we're learning. All that's going on, by the way. For those who know God, love God, called according to his purpose. Growth is essential. It's also expected. It is expected. I'm reading God's word. God's Holy Spirit is influencing. There's, there's an expectation. It's essential, but it's expected. Um, you know, I, thank, thank goodness that after first picking up the driver's book, people learn how to drive better with practice, right? These, normally, normally. Um, you play better if you practice. In fact, if you're on a sports team, you don't practice, you don't play. Uh, you, you sing better with practice. You work better with experience and growth. You grow spiritually with practice and testing and seeing that the Lord is good. You take the truth of what God is showing you in his word and the application of the spirit worked out in your life and you grow. For some reason, um, though sometimes spiritual growth is stunted. Well, why, why is our spiritual growth stunted sometimes? Sometimes it's just, it's just neglect. Because we're not working at it. We're not, we're not, it's not in our mind. It's not something that we, we're, we're pointing toward. Sometimes it's because we're sinning. Again, that's that, that situation with you know, the NRA books. If, if you didn't pass the test, you didn't get to go on to the next one. And I think there's some times in our lives that there's, there's sin in our life that is keeping us from moving forward. And Satan knows it. He goes, listen, I'm just going to, uh, even though I've been set free from sin and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's times that Satan sits on your shoulder and says, yeah, but... Look at this, and what about that, and, 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 and all of those things. Look, in my own, in my own life, there have been times where I, I, I think the thought that comes to my mind, where did that come from? I thought we were past that. Where did this idea come from? Why, why, would, I, what I, why would I feel that? Why would I think that? Why would I want to do that? And I thank God that by his grace, the truth of his word, the power of his spirit, he can pull us back from those situations. But there are times that unless you pass that test, you don't get to go on. Man, I wanted to be in the red. If you finish the red in NRA, SRA, SRA, not NRA. Whoo! Whoa! You guys were sitting on that one, weren't you? <clears throat> SRA. The SR, the brain just kind of connected, connected, but it was just a little bit late. All right, SRA, I wanted to be in the red section because that meant I was done with it. And I was piddling around in the blues sometimes, right? To pass the test before you can go on. You know what? So far, we don't have, we don't have uh, um, things in my ear. If I did, staff would be chattering the whole time. No, no, no. You screwed it up. So I'm not bothered by that, but yeah. All right. We value growth. 
Not, again, not just numerical growth, spiritual growth. Are you farther along than you were before? Do people around you see growth? Here's something else that we know from this passage of Scripture. It's a truth about growth. Other people, other Christians provide support and accountability. So now we're moving into that section where we begin to think about the importance of others and groups. In light of what Jesus said, let us pursue the community of God's people. See it in verse 24, Hebrews 10, 24. One of the things I've noticed that often Christians ignore or undervalue being together. They mistakenly assume that Christianity is most about me and God. I hear this all the time. My relationship with Christ is a personal relationship. And you have to have a personal relationship with, with, with God through Jesus Christ. But then people often mistakenly say, well, it's, now it's personal. It's just between me and God. You know what that's a cover for? None ya. I don't want you telling me what, about my relationship. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to know. I got what I want. I got it covered. I got enough here. Don't want any more. It's none of your business, really. Um, nothing is, in light of what Christ has done, indeed, we should pursue the community of God's family. Uh, you, you, can, you can mistakenly assume that Christianity is most about me and God. They, they've confused uh, this idea that going to church is the same as being the church. My relationship with God is personal, so I go to church and I, you know, I do this thing with him on Sunday and you know, I, it's like a filling station. I kind of pump up and you know, I, I plug in and I, I, you know, I get electrified or I, you know, I, you know, my, my electric engine or I get, you know, I'm, I'm fueled up for my combustion engine and I, I just go and it's about me. Um, that is a mistaken understanding. The church is not a filling station. You know, that Sunday mornings I just come and charge up. It's, it's, it's about being a part of the family of God. We're, this growth in my life is something that is shared with others. I don't grow effectively without others. I don't, I don't mature like I ought to alone. I'm going to give you some truth about spiritual, about spiritual groups. We talked about truth about spiritual growth. What about truth about spiritual groups? Paul reminded the Christians uh, in Corinth, he said, there's faith, there's hope, and there's love. Remember that? He goes, these things remain, faith, hope, and love. But then he said the greatest of these is love. I think about this. You can have faith and hope in solitary, but you can't love in solitary. And so here's this thing where you, the, the, the exercise of love is possible only in a community, the exercise of it. Some people go to church because they feel like they need, need it. But our motivations for fellowship must be to obey God and to encourage other believers. We encourage others who are discouraged Look, it's true, indeed, we come to church, we, we gather to receive something from God. But, I mean, there's, there's literally people say, listen, why do you go to church? I go because, you know, I need to fill my tank, and, and I'm going to receive something from God. There's so much more to it, folks. You're not going to get by, you're not going to get by here just saying, hey, listen, we're going to suck off everyone else and, and hope they fill my tank and they fill me up. And boy, I sure hope the worship leader's on, because if they're not at 100% level today, you know, I'm not going to get my full dose of whatever I need for the week. That's just ridiculous. Somebody, somebody in church ought to have told you that by now. <laughs> it, look, there's times where I've come into church sometimes, and, I, and, and my, my heart is heavy, you know, I w lowered in a snake's belly in a wagon rut, okay? That's bad. And I've, I, there have been times where I've hobbled into church. But if we all hobbled into church every week, we'd all be in trouble. 
That's, that's when we go from growth think to group think to get you in big trouble, right? Don't have time to chase that all down either. But folks, uh, it, you have to have some gospel think. That's the other thing with groups. It can't just be group think. You have to have some gospel think in there too. But this whole idea of coming and, and being a blessing to others. Um, we receive, there's times we come and we're low and, and there's, 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 there's no mistake because in the family, sometimes you're the person, you know, it's me, it's me, oh God, standing in the need of prayer. You know, we call people at the end of a service uh, on any Sunday, you can come and pray. We invite people to do that. There's been times after the service, I've been the guy. I come up and I say to one of the elders or one of the people standing here, so listen, you gotta pray for me. I know what it is to, to come in empty and, and then also to be revived because of the faith of others. We come to receive something from God, something for others, but we also gather to give something to God, our praise. We also gather to give, to encourage one another with our shared faith and values. We want to bless other people. We gather to work together. This is a little bit off, off, off the line here, but when, when, when God has been good to you and you have opportunities to do good to others, Spurred on to love and good deeds, do other kinds of things. I mean, for Pete's sake, Christians, smile at people who are in the community. Love people who are in the community. Reach out to them. Be kind. Pick up trash. You know how many times people have asked me, why'd you pick that up? I, I mean, it was trash. Yeah, well, I haven't seen people do that often. Well, it gives you an opportunity to, to, um, to share faith. The other... Uh, a few days ago, Rhonda, Ben, and I, we were in Charleston, South Carolina. We were uh, on, on the dock. We were at some landing eating fish. And these two um, black ladies walked in and sat down at a table next to us. And, you know, um, I'm eating my squid and my um, shrimp and grits. And you're all going to get hungry. And, you know, Ben had his uh, whatever he had, um, some fancy, fancy fish. I don't know what Rhonda was eating. And, and so there we were, and I just, out of the corner of my eye, I looked over, and these, these two black ladies came in, sat down. And they did nothing more than pray for their meal. And it caught my eye. And we had prayed for our meal before they came in, sat down, but they stopped and prayed for the meal. Rhonda and Ben, they're... They're headed out, and I got, okay, I got, I got to stop and talk to these, these two dear ladies. And I walk over and I said, listen, can I, ha- can I interrupt you for a minute? And I said, yeah, sure. And I said, I noticed that you prayed. I'm just thankful that you prayed. She, she said, well, of course we're going to pray. And I said, well, just, you know, it's not that common anymore. But I saw you pray. So that tells me something about you. And um, just from a casual observer on the outside, not meaning to mess in your business, I just want to say thank you for that. And we ended up having a conversation. They, were from, uh, they weren't from Charleston. They had come down from, I think, uh, um, someplace in North, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I've got a friend, a pastor friend in Charlotte. We talked for a little bit. Just something as simple as a prayer gives people the opportunity to see your life, and you have an opportunity. But they were happy. They were smiling. You know, if, if, if you're going to pray over your meal and have a good old fight with your spouse, you know, I was going to tell you not to pray, but you ought to pray more and don't fight, right? <laughs> right? So, so 
Scripture says, how are we going to spur one another on to love and good deeds? Anything that works against or discourages Christians from gathering should be regarded as a serious danger. I want to say that one more time. I don't think you got it. Anything that works against or discourages Christians from gathering should be regarded as a serious danger. There's a lot of good things in the world that oftentimes keep people from gathering. Lack of unity discourages gathering. Lack of biblical priorities discourages gathering. Lack of love for God, lack of love for others discourages gathering. Lack of planning, lack of holy living. Well, if I'm, if I'm you know, really messing it up and, and living in sin, um, the, the place I need to be is a church, but oftentimes what I'm feeling is I don't want to be, right? I don't want to be. Why do we need to be a part of a group? What's the truth about spiritual groups? Here, just quickly, three things. We all live better when we know someone's watching. Relationships give opportunity for accountability. I'm not particularly fond of accountability groups. Um, I've been invited to be in some accountability groups. Don't like them. Nope. For the obvious reasons. (laughs) Um, You know what? I want to know that somebody cares about me, not that they're trying to pick me apart. But when I'm in a relationship with people, when I'm people I know they love me and they care for me, they've seen me at my best and they've seen me at my worst and they still love me. And for me, they don't care, they don't care about my position. They com- they comp- they're, they're concerned about the person. You see, because I have a relationship with them, the accountability is built in. And they can speak into my life and, and I can speak into theirs. We all live better when we, have, when we know someone else is watching. But here's something else, the truth about spiritual groups. The Bible gives us many examples of one another's to follow. You know, love one another. Be patient with one another. Show hospitality to one another. But who's, here's a question. Whose burdens are you bearing? Who am I confessing my sins to? Scripture says, confess your sins one to the other you know, so that you can be healed. Can I say something to this? There's a, this was a, the problem I had when we started 30 years ago. Um, I was listening to, I had a friendship with, with everybody. I was listening to everyone's sin, and guess what? You know, it wore me out. Everybody, I couldn't, I couldn't celebrate well with people who were celebrating. I couldn't cry with everyone who was crying. I, I, there, was, there was too many people. Um, I, Every person has a capacity. At some point, there was some compassion fatigue that was setting in. Just be honest with you. So years ago, I began to say, listen, it's, it's not connecting to me. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about who I was. I was a pastor. I was, you know, and some of that is fueled by ego. But say, no, they don't need to be connected with me. These people need to be connected with someone, though. Do you know what? There's people that sit in this church that think Pastor Caleb's the best pastor on staff. Okay. There's some people that think Pastor Chuck or Pastor Kate's the best pastor on staff. We like this person who's, who's teaching better that, because they have a relationship with them. They have a connection with them. Then that's the way it ought to be. And for you, you have to have a, a group. You have to be in the Bible. You know, the, the examples of one another's. Where are you being a one another to one another? And here's the last thing I will say about spiritual groups. If no one knows me, 
No one will help me. There's a tendency to walk by people that you don't know, but when you know someone, you cannot easily walk by them. If you're not in relationship with people, if you haven't been vulnerable, if you haven't, if you haven't put yourself out there, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this, if you're going to be vulnerable and you put yourself out there, it's exactly what it talks about. There's, there's opportunity to be wounded, to be let down. We're all human beings. We let each other down sometimes. But unless you're willing to create those relationships, do the hard work of building relationship bridges, when, when, when you're you know, stuck on one side and you've got to get to the other and there's no bridge, it becomes difficult. You have, to, you have people who say, well, listen, I've been let down. You don't know my story. Okay, I understand. Um, we, there have been times where I've tried, you know, so listen, I will never love again. I'm never going to trust again. I'm never going to let people get close to me. And I, I, believe me, I can, I can build a wall. I can keep people out. It's, 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 it's easy to say, listen, you have, you have hurt me for the last time. It's never going to happen again. I don't know if you've ever been there. You say, listen, I've hurt so bad. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just going to do this on my own. First of all, it's as lonely as heck. And two, it's impossible to maintain and read your Bible. And number three, you get weird in a hurry. You don't grow. You get muted. It's a mess. And so you run the risk. But if no one knows me, no one will help me. There's people that know me and still love me. This morning, Every morning, I usually get to the office early on a Sunday morning. Got this app, this WhatsApp app. It's a WhatsApp app. And um, this morning, pastor from Indiana praying for you this morning. One from Port Huron. Hey, brother, praying for you today. Another one from Indiana. Um, Another one from Indiana, another one from Indiana, uh, North Carolina, Tennessee. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for the, uh, grateful for the opportunity to preach Christ. Love you. Got another friend who sent me an email this morning, nope, a text. He said, praying that you'll feel strong and be courageous this morning in that step, um, and, and in every step, every interaction. Give me a verse, Joshua 1.9, and he ends with this, I love you. There's people that know me, and they love me. The thing that's amazing to me is that God knows everything. He knows what I think, and he still loves me. But this relationship that he's called us to have, if no one loves me, no one will help me. And we all need help from time to time. I'm going to ask the Pastor Kate and Pastor Chuck join me, and they're going to take just a few moments to help us with our next steps. Because this whole idea of growth, this whole idea of groups is so important to us that we want to help you take your next step in, in, in what does that look like at Summit Church. There's an expectation of growth. This is, this is not a seeker-sensitive statement. I don't mean it to be not seeker-sensitive either, but you're going to be annoyed if you come to some church and you absolutely say, I've got all of Christ that I want and I don't want to go any further. You're going to get annoyed because our intention 
Our expectation is that you are growing spiritually, that you are maturing in the faith. There is nobody perfect from the day uh, you accept Christ to the day you die. There's opportunities to learn and grow, and we expect that you would grow. And the bottom line is, in, in in a body of Christ, there are many ways that we connect as groups. Sometimes we've maybe had one idea of how that would work, and I think after today, I hope that you see there's multiple ways that you can engage in groups. And it's, it, it is important for you to take your next step. And so I want Pastor Kate and Pastor Chuck to tell you about that. Before they do, and, and we close this message, let me just, would you bow your heads with me? And Paul was writing the Ephesian church. He was so wanting them to grow. He was so trying to build community. And he wrote this to them, and I prayed over you this morning. From Ephesians chapter 3. It says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Summit Church Podcast. Again, if you have questions, visit us at summitniles.com. Now go and be the church in the world.